you. Welcome to the Propane Business Podcast. I'm Johnny. And I'm Yusuf. We set up and built propanefitness.com into the profitable semi-automated system that it is today, which allowed us to quit our corporate jobs and coach online full-time. More importantly, we were able to do this without a huge online audience or being glued to social media every day. We're now ready to share everything from the failures we've made to the systems that now consistently generate hundreds of thousands in revenue. We help personal trainers, coaches, and gym owners do the same by avoiding the mistakes we've made and the best practices going forward. Subscribe to this podcast to learn what we're doing and what we've done to build and scale propanefitness.com. We'll be teaching you how to generate a steady flow of online clients, win at Facebook ads, automate your coaching systems, and to achieve financial independence. I've been watching, well, I've watched the first episode of Vigil this week. So good, isn't it? Have you seen it? It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah. I have this problem, though, where it's a, I don't know why it is, but a Sunday night, I just cannot, for the life of me, stay awake. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so old saying that. But like, well, the week just gets to you. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh. So, like, well, let's sit down. I'll be, like, looking forward to all day. I'm like, Vigil's on tonight, 8 p.m. Lie down on the sofa, like, <laughs> and I'm like well, Becca wakes me up it's 9pm Becca wakes me up at quarter past 10 being like you missed it again I'm like Argh! and then then I like go to bed actual bed a bit angry I can't sleep you have dreams about submarines but not like just from the, the bits that you were catching when you were kind of semi-sleep <laughs> while watching it submarines I don't, are cool. I, I don't think I'd like to be on one. Oh, awful like yeah all right you feel that way too so i was thinking yeah. this morning when when he was like yes this is the size of 10 football pitches multiplied by six acres God, or whatever bollocks and but yet everyone's <laughs> sleeping in a little cramped pod thing i'm just making it a little bit bigger then because you you open one door and there's just a football pitch unused <laughs> underground <laughs> no i know what you mean i think you mean you must mean the length mustn't he i suppose it's not going to mean the width yeah <laughs> but but even still, like, it doesn't look like there's like you could do a lunge, for example, comfortably in any direction. Yeah, definitely not. Certainly not a pull-up. Someone said yeah. submarines are the spaceships for non-sci-fi fans. So a show about submarines is like a very much more grounded, earthly kind of alternative. Well, I suppose the parameters for a human are the same, aren't they? Like you can't go, you can't open a window. You can't really just go outside without doing some prep and putting a suit on. Yeah. It's very contained. Like you're relying on the oxygen on the thing you're on. You've got a set of very intelligent crew, all very specialized. And uh, yeah, I also... They, I presume all of them have Alan Johnson from Peep Show. <laughs> he plays... The he's captain. a very versatile man isn't he um he's one of my favorite actors that man. yeah he's brilliant the so my flatmate is reading hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy and he was sat in the living room just laughing out loud like five pages in and, and laughing and i i had a quick look at the prologue and i think it's one i'm going to add to the the list i'm not normally a fiction man but it it just starts with like basically an alien's view of the world saying like they th- these are people that have never quite cracked the ability to be happy 
even though they've been around for this long. And about 2,000 years ago, this bloke got nailed to a, a wooden cross. Um, and his idea was that we should all like start being nice to each other, but people didn't really listen to him. Um, and then and there's like references to like fish and chips and all the, but it's it's very it looks very well executed so just makes you feel a bit silly i imagine yeah for being a person that all of these like rituals when you're like if you have to explain this to a an alien they would just be like what are you doing there's that thing i think I've, i must have said it i've probably even said on the podcast before where like aliens land and a group surrounds them and the aliens go like does anyone have any questions and someone goes what's your morning routine (laughs) (laughs) so people have been asking me what's my morning routine (laughs) and you're like everyone's like oh the aliens are like fucking i'm glad i landed here they're still caught up in that bit are they that is brilliant (laughs) what about the morning (laughs) (laughs) so i mean speaking of which we thought leads on nicely actually a great title for today could be don't start an online fitness business if and we have five key things that you must not you should not do or have if, if you start an online no. fitness business number one number one is if you are boring now it's difficult because i don't think boring people have insight into the fact that they're boring there's nobody I know who is boring but knows that they're boring because if they did then they would have that they would be bored by themselves and then have some kind of self-correcting well if you're boring and you know you're boring straight away you're not boring yeah exactly because that's in itself it's pretty interesting isn't it like (laughs) talk to them about it like people go like oh I'm I'm quite boring and they they say it as a humble thing but actually they're not boring anyone who self-describes themselves as boring is always fascinating yeah so they've got so there's like 12 a side projects and they're, they're meeting the queen tomorrow for some for some achievement <laughs> they did last year and but they're very boring so yeah it, so this is a difficult one to self-assess and I, I don't really know how you can get around this i guess you've got to ask people who love you that but would tell you straight and you say hey am i boring well i, I think the way i think it's more about who you don't want to be boring to the people you're trying to work with right so there i'm sure there are people who find us boring because we don't match the like what they want to listen to so i think that it's more a comment on if you try to water down what you like what you think what you want to talk about to try and appease or please someone who's not your target market because you think that's what you should do that's how to be boring basically yeah that's a good point. So I guess boring is a relative term rather than an absolute term. And mm-hmm. so it's about like if you, you know, the standard online PT that sets up on Instagram and has loads of posts about protein timing or BCAAs or something like mm-hmm. it's very interesting for other PTs, but it's not going to be interesting to your potential target market. Yeah. They're like, there's a whole world of personal trainers trapped in this like atmosphere of other personal trainers on Instagram and they all post the same stuff to one another and you look at their followers and they're all following each other and that's their following and they all think because of this that the online fitness industry is crowded because all you see on Instagrams are the PTs when actually it's just this little group of about 5,000 people who just post to each other <laughs> all day but 
that's the fintech like industry in a nutshell, that, right there. Yeah, basically in the UK at least. Um, but so, like, what that what that creates is like people see someone with ten thousand followers and they think, oh, well, they're posting all this this like Canva graphics where you slide and it looks like one continuous image and they've oh, got like I love that. of neon <laughs> neon text and like well, that's what they've got ten thousand followers. They must be successful, even though five thousand of the ten thousand are the, the other personal trainers and the other five thousand were purchased through some kind of person who messages you saying like hey are you struggling with your instagram and so <laughs> um the that leads to pe basically people thinking i'd quite like to talk about this thing but what i probably have to do to be successful in the fitness industry is do the swipey things with the camera graphics and the and, and it's boring and that's how, so like how do you not be boring well don't do this stuff that everyone else is doing that people are sick of seeing that is the same message regurgitated a thousand times. Just say what you think. You know who's great at doing that? Yusuf. <laughs> <laughs> Have a look at any of the videos that Yusuf makes or any of the content that he posts on Instagram. Well, none this, of it. this morning's real. Yeah, none of it, I guarantee, <laughs> is trying to impress anybody. It is literally just... <laughs> For my own entertainment. <laughs> what, what do I find funny? So I, I've, I've maybe taken the piss with it because most things I post are either deeply sarcastic or for my own entertainment. But then again, if you, or if you only post about stuff that excites you and that you find interesting, then you're going to find a crowd of people that, that have the same thing. And there is a... So rather than posting what you think you should be posting, I think if you have an enthusiasm that is infectious for stuff that you do then brilliant um i i think it's like a sorry oh, i think just documenting what you you know i i bought a silly like jaw exerciser from aliexpress because i thought oh i wonder if that gives you a bigger mm. face so i tried it the face you face <laughs> free gift the handsome boy beauty and there we go makes for makes for some nice content what I really like about it is, um, and when people, like I'll talk to people who are, who are joining Propane Business and they'll ask about Instagram, organic Instagram marketing. I'm like, when you get a minute, look through our Instagram and look at the sort of stuff we're posting. Like it is not, like, and then, then go and look at another business coach or another fitness coach and look what they're posting. And the contrast is like, it's it's not on purpose that we're doing it this way. It's not we're not like trying to take the piss, but it does make a mockery of all the people who take it really seriously because it doesn't. When you do, when you really think about it, it's the same seven thousand people every time. And like, if they were going to buy from you, the, the the new Canva graphic that talks about branched chain amino acids is not going to be the thing that tips them over the edge. So like, just just document you know what you're thinking, what you're doing, and and that is ultimately how to not be boring isn't it to not to not be the same as everybody else to not be bland to have a, whatever your opinions are just share them whatever you're doing share that don't feel like you have to make this like curated feed to impress people yeah and you know as a caveat here that's not going to get you to a hundred thousand followers but it's going to make the followers that you do have much more likely to buy from you because they they resonate you with you they're seeing the real you so that's mistaken. Just, just a quick comment on that. So like 100,000 followers on Instagram. I was looking at, I was doing our ads update this morning. One of our ads, like one of our audiences has served ads in the last 
three months to a million people. To a million people in the UK. It's like in in the next three months, try and reach a million people organically. And let me know how it goes. <laughs> There's just no way of, of, of doing it other than paying these platforms to let you do that. Ads really do just take the piss out of organic reach, don't they? Yeah. If you can pay to play. Unless you're Kim Kardashian. But if Kim started running ads... I, I and what? she probably does. Yeah. I imagine she will. <laughs> she probably spends hundreds of pounds on ads. Yeah, maybe even thousands of pounds. Uh, hold on, it'll be dollars. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so, mistake number two, or... Well, not, it's not thing number two. <laughs> item. Agenda item. item number two. Is don't start an online fitness business if you can't get a result for your clients. It's kind of obvious, but a lot of people will get so caught up with all of the peripheral business stuff that they forget that actually your business is driven by your ability to get a result for a client. And if you can't do that then it's going to collapse from the core. So the solution there is start working with people that you know, generate a track record, make sure that you have a system that you can replicate. Yes, you might have got yourself into shape, but can you take that and translate it into a process and into something that you can then turn into your system, give it a name, give it a brand, then start to build it out from the centre? Yeah, I think a lot of the time that's solved by pe when people just have a real interest for it, like a passion for it. And you ask them what podcast they listen to and it's like all of it is learning about you know the latest trends and updates and information in the fitness industry about diet and nutrition. And it's what they spend their spare time learning about. And I think if someone's like that, even if they're not... Um, even if they're not a like a horrendously qualified PT or coach with loads of letters after their name, even if they've got no qualifications, they could still give someone a result if they sort of learn how. To I would rather hire that that person. Yeah, and we we often work with people who make this mistake. Like they come to us as a as a trainer wanting to work online, and they say, "Oh well, my niche is this," and you go. And then you, you get talking to them more and it, it turns out like they're really interested in something different. Like my niche is women losing fat, but like everything they read and everything they do is all focused around male muscle gain. And you're like, oh, why are you going after women losing fat? And they're like, oh, I, I just thought that's like the thing that I'm supposed to do. You're like, but... Or oh, that's where the money is. That's, oh yeah, I've been told that's where yeah. the money is. Like, well, not really if, if you clearly are not interested in that and you're content looks like you're really just trying to thumb in stuff relevant to your niche go with the thing that you're obsessed with because there will be a market for it and they will be able to spot it a mile off when they you know someone who's passionate about something can can see it in someone else very quickly yeah it's the i'm nearly finished the naval ravica the almanac is it almanac almanac is that, is that even a word it's like the like the thesis mem the, memoirs no i'm gonna look it up the almanac of naval ravikant handbook, handbook. Or annual calendar containing important 
dates and astronomical data. Oh, well. It's a book where I think Tim Ferriss has pulled together with someone else to summarise, like, Naval's tweets. and. I think it's Eric Jorgensen, but I don't know if Tim Ferriss oh, is maybe he's the in four, it. He's got the foreword, I think, Tim Ferriss. Sounds maybe like, Tim Ferriss did like a the very... audible version. It's a very Tim Ferriss thing to do, isn't it? Yeah, to get a foreword yeah. in a book. Yeah. Um, especially in a Valorant one. But yeah, so in it, he talks about, like, pick work that is play for you, but work for other people. And this is the same thing, right? Like, if you're... Um, other, other way around play for, yeah play for you but work for other people so something that you just would spend your time doing anyway that you're passionate about anyway if that's how you feel about the niche or the thing that you're solving the problem that you're solving then chances are you'll be relatively relative to the competition pretty good at it and have a bit already have a bit of a competitive advantage and there's loads of, of angles and problems and niches and sub niches within the fitness industry you don't have to just go after the one that like again you see all the other trainers going after on instagram like busy professionals, everyone wants to work with a busy professional and you ask them why, they're like, I don't know. <laughs> they're like, okay, well, like, what are you going to do when you when you have to market and find a busy professional? Like, do you know what it's like to be a busy professional? No, not really. <laughs> like, well, how do, how do you train? Oh, I'm really into like long distance running. I'm training for a ultra marathon. They're like, interesting. <laughs> that's like, and that's what they spend all their time thinking and, and doing and, and, and learning about. But so they I, think there's no money in that field. I think probably one, one of the reasons might be as you say like people thinking oh well the money's in another niche and that's grass is greener syndrome mm. the other one might be well i'm into my long distance running and i listen to all the long distance running podcasts but that's given me an imposter syndrome because i'm not the world class um the paula paula radcliffe <laughs> i don't know i think at some point she's definitely done some running that's a very 90s reference there like like kieran dyer yeah, David Seaman, the Be <laughs> David Beckham, the football David Beckham. So, because I'm not Ryan Giggs, I can't talk about football. But you know, actually, these top class athletes don't. They're often not great at communicating that to people. They're not. They're not always great coaches. Whereas you might be. You could be the thing which which is the translator, the the con communicator of that high level running to the standard audience so yeah yeah like i think that's just imposter syndrome and we have a video on that on how you can get over it and leverage it to your advantages but sometimes yeah it could just be that you think oh because i'm not the best in that i need to somehow go after another niche but you know people imagine don't... if you could like work with you from you could meet you three years ago and you could work with that person for 12 weeks and teach them what you've learned. Like, how, how much would you pay for that in hindsight? Like, it's hard really to put a value on it, isn't it? Because it would make the next three years of that version of his life insane. And like the position you'd be in now as a result of that would be, you'd be, it's hard to know how far ahead you'd be. So yeah. that's really all it is to summarize. And yeah, like if, if you have the average Joe who's, um, you know, you got you got someone who wants to like get a little bit bigger, maybe lose a bit of fat. They could hire Ronnie Coleman or Jay Cutler to find out how to do it. Like they they have lost the most fat and gained the most muscle, yeah. arguably out of anyone. But are they going to be the most relatable? Probably not. They're yeah. going to put you on some really weird program unless they can remember. You know, unless Ronnie Coleman can remember back to when he was like sixteen or something. But 
even then he he's always trained like an athlete i imagine always been very dedicated and has a natural genetic potential for it and all that stuff too so i think that's the key thing i would rather work with someone who's a few years ahead rather than a decade ahead because i think it's it's so recent for that person like they've recently solved the problem in the current with the current available information the current parameters and like with similar problems to you and all that sort of stuff so the um what was the original point what what's the reason is if you can't get a result for your clients that's it so i think the the people that we encounter who are like that really are finding themselves set, wanting to set up an online fitness business purely for financial gain so a lot of the time it'll be that they've seen someone usually like an influencer make tons of money in the fitness industry or they've heard someone talk about it and they've seen a lot of the marketing which i don't think helps like a lot of the market they're like the 10 10k a month fit pro marketing that implies it's like this overnight thing and so that's the main reason like if you dig into it it's because they want they don't want to do much work they want to work from a laptop on holiday and they think fitness like i'll sell a pdf and like you can usually tell from talking to someone like if when you're talking to the person if all they want to talk about is like the details of i'm just worried about how i deliver the coaching and how i make sure my clients get a good result and you know i work with these people on offline but i want to make sure it translates that person's in it for the right reasons because they're worried about the result the problems their clients have and how does it cross over it's a very uh, ground level yeah grounded way of talking about what they do yeah so if you if you're like client focused usually you can make an online fitness business work because you can find a niche that's relevant, you can deliver a result that you're experienced in, and you can create something you're interested in, which tends to work really well. Hi, I'm Jason, and I recently completed the seven-day on-ramp course for online coaching with Propane Fitness. One concern that I had before starting the course was that I don't really have much in the way of a social media following. I spoke to Johnny before enrolling, and he assured me that as long as I had some kind of social media following, I could utilize the tools and techniques the course was excellent. I found it helpful, engaging, and insightful. It also kept me accountable. Logging in for the lives each day with Johnny and then having work to do afterwards, it meant I went and got it done and actioned the advice. So by the end of the week, I've gained three paying online clients, and that's having little to no social media following. As well as those clients, I've come away from the course with a newly instilled confidence and clear direction of where I can take my online coaching business in the future. I highly recommend signing up for the course and thanks again to Johnny and Yusuf. However, if you are not boring, you can get a result for your clients, but you have less than a thousand pounds to your name. I would honestly focus on building up a bit of a cash buffer first, getting yourself six months of expenses in your current account before starting something like this particularly if you're working a full-time job and you're wanting to take the leap into going full-time online because you will make wacky decisions if you have very little cash if you can't cover your expenses for the next month you'll be doing weird things to try and make sales rather than focusing on building the momentum and yep. unfortunately any online business or any offline business doesn't like, of course, you can bootstrap yourself. You, you don't have to have venture capital funding and, you know, loads of cash to get yourself started. 
but you need a bit of personal runway and you also need to be able to to think clearly and to make make clear decisions no business can just suddenly grow out of nothing like it it's it's a gradual process and it, it happens linearly yes the curve it, it might eventually like start shifting upwards or um, grow a bit faster than it was but it's not going to you're not going to suddenly step up to 10 or 20k from nothing so just bear in mind that over time your costs will also scale with that and over six months or so you're going to need to reinvest some of those costs and if you only got a few quid to play around with for software and for for ads and all that kind of thing you're going to hit a brick wall pretty quickly yeah i agree and we watched a video by jim wendler like must have been in like 2014 so both still working in finance taking propane more seriously talking about doing it full time and there's this like 30 minute video of jim wendler who's the author of 531 um i think it's still on youtube if you search like jim wendler business um and uh, basically what i can remember from the presentation was him talking about this like don't don't build something like this i mean obviously he's talking about making an info product and selling it 531 on coaching but he's done all right by all accounts so it was like don't do it purely for the money don't do it so that you would take everything out of the business from day one because you water down the thing you really want to do like it's this is exactly it feeds into the last point right of like you end up picking a niche based on who do i think i can sell the most expensive thing to right rather than and this is a point i made in the the webinar this week of like no you don't ever hear big companies reporting on months right you hear them talking about like years and quarters and decades so like most businesses are in it for the long term as long as they can operate because they understand that growth as you were saying comes with time but all of the marketing in the industry at the moment is about how much people make in month one right but they never talk about how much people make in month six or month 12 or year three right and so that i mean arguably that's more important <laughs> so well, it's more profitable isn't it <laughs> if, you, if you're still running for three years you will have made more profit than if you if you operate for a month and so like having a grand in the in the bank putting everything on, making this work, panicking, doing super high ticket, trying to sell to anybody in pain to, to just make money now is by definition a short-term view of, of running a business like this. So yeah. and the, the, I think, go on. I mean, we, we did everything wrong when we started, but how long did it take until we drew a personal income from propane? uh six years yeah i mean, I mean that like that's not to say that so the reason we did that is because we were in, we had a salary at the time right like we were both working um but i, I think the ideal scenario for that someone would be in is that they are either it what are you laughing at three buddhist monks have just walked past in the orange robes really do you feel like it's the world speaking to you Walking very like mindfully. Focus on the tip <laughs> of the nostrils. <laughs> so accurate. Um, Sorry, oh. that's okay. The, I think the ideal situation is like you are you have some kind of like consistent cash flow that you're living off. So like a lot a lot of the people who who smash it in property business are pretty busy people, and they're busy because like they've got a busy job or 
they're working tons of hours offline or they may be juggling some online clients as well. And the problem is like the stuff they're trying, they want more time back, they want more flexibility, they want an online version that has more scale, they have loads of expertise, they just don't, they've tried loads of things and not really worked before, they just don't really know what to do next. And you say to them, well, this is how much our coaching is, this is how much the like software recommend generally costs, et cetera, et cetera. And they're like, yep, no problem. Because like they understand it's a business transaction and what they're accessing. But if someone's putting their final pennies into making a Facebook ad work, for example, there's obviously there's risk in it, right? Like if there wasn't risk, then every business would be linearly growing forever. So Facebook ads and, and running a business in many ways involves a lot more risk than we're used to experiencing on a day-to-day basis in like a, a standard job, a salaried job. <clears throat> and our minds are not always ready for that. And I guess the only way to compare this is imagine you had a hundred quid left for this month and you went to the casino you would feel so much more pressure putting any bets on and you'd probably make some much more emotional decisions than you would if it was a hundred quid of like surplus money yeah hundred quid you found on the floor <laughs> yeah you'd be you'd like yolo it wouldn't you and ironically i bet the yolo pays off <laughs> Is it one of our friends, so Ben, he, for a period of time, whenever we walked past Aspers in town in the centre of Newcastle, he would walk through Aspers, exchange a tenner in chips, put it on something in roulette, and it would win. And I, and I watched him do it four or five times consecutively. And every time he would just leave and he would just, he would just be like, you see, like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't think about it. I do it randomly and it works. And like, obviously... <laughs> Obviously, it's complete luck and unbelievable. The probabilities are so slim. But, like, he just became convinced that the world was just working in a certain way. <laughs> but but I think the point is, like... But there's, there's many it, people that would do that and come away, like, down a £1,000 because yeah. they'd be like, oh, great, I made a win, and just keep rebetting until... Spiral. Yeah. But I think, like, I have found certainly one of the best tools for self improvement self-development is just trying to run and grow a business because the things that you have to like manage mentally and deal with mentally of it's like it, it's a it just represents all the things right it represents like fear and the that something will something that's going well will stop working that you'll lose everything that people will reject you that people will criticize you that like things go really well and you've got to try and like be happy with that but not have too much attachment in that and you've got to not have your identity caught up in the business and all these sorts of things and you've got to constantly deal with that as the business changes over time but again if you're embarking on that journey with your last thousand pounds there's a you know it, it might not go exactly as as you plan like obviously in an ideal world you invest a grand and you come out with 10 fantastic but there's, there's also scenarios where you invest a grand and you've got nothing left so I think you want to make a you want to make managed, sensible, educated risks, not reckless ones. And I think that it's a good it's a good rule. If it's your if it's your final pennies, build up a slight cash buffer first. Get a, get a regular income some, from something, and then explore it. It's a real nipple twister. It is. So nipple twister's the one. <laughs> Next one: Don't start an online fitness business if you want instant results. 
this is just we've we done it we've gone done it already haven't we? we've gone done it yeah this is a kind of continuation of the last point and you know the same applies with what you would tell your fitness clients you'd be like if you're looking for instant results you probably have something some some miscommunication in how this whole process works and what you would get out of a certain amount of input yeah and then the final one so we need to wrap things up johnny needs to collect his car um is don't start an online fitness business if you can barely use a computer if you have very poor tech skills and we have a full podcast episode on that about 30 episodes back now it's called what to do if you're bad with technology and luckily all five of those things we've mentioned today if you're boring if you can't get a result for your clients if you have less than a thousand pounds to your name if you want instant results and if you can barely use a computer all five of those are totally reversible so once you get those sorted then you are actually in a position to start an online fitness business and start achieving financial takeoff because the other way to view this podcast is when should you start an online fitness business and it's when you have those things in place so the only the only thing i would add to the final one is well i a lot of people who say in conversations over them i can't use a computer it's the same as people who say they're boring a lot of those people actually can use a computer quite well <laughs> they just mean that they don't know how to code so they're like oh you know well i'm not that confident with css but you know obviously i can use a computer so it, there's different there's, that's a spectrum but i think it's just you've got to be willing to like try and figure it out i think there are people who are like no i'm not using a computer like they they wear it like a like like a personality trait rather it's a badge than of honor yeah um as long as you're willing to like sit down and give it a crack none of it's hard really yeah. like and nothing you, we teach people to do is hard at all you know it's it's a defense mechanism like i i have that defense mechanism with tiktok like i wear oh i i don't do tiktok i wear that as a badge of honor yeah. but you know so, gary vaynerchuk would be like look man you're an idiot you're leaving money on the table by not doing the tiktok thing and i have to accept that that like yes really it's because i'm a bit scared of it and I'm, I'm also like i feel like it's a, a ball ache to do but there there's always pros and cons of any decision that you make i think i feel that i'm not at least is what i tell myself i'm sure gary would tell me that it's my bias and that i'm an idiot but i feel like i'm not willing to accept the like the consequences of, of, of really going in on TikTok. Like I just don't want that. I don't want to do that really. Yeah. It, it also doesn't seem like either of us wouldn't, would become TikTok sensations overnight. Well, it would all be done with a, under the, a thin veil of sarcasm, wouldn't it? And I think that's not what everyone else on that is doing. Yeah. I just, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure either of our personalities would, would lend itself perfectly to it, but but there we go. I mean, yeah. the guy who's number one on TikTok, he's no. the he's the guy who like points out obvious things like that. Okay, no, I've not seen it. He's it's all very simple, very formulaic, but he's making bank, bank, <laughs> mad bank, mad bank. It's the what is it? The is it the Lindy effect? Which is like as long as something's been around, that's probably how long it'll exist. Like remember, remember Clubhouse? Oh yeah just no one talks about it anymore do they like it was it was like oh my god clubhouse clubhouse is the next thing it's the next thing where is it now 
See, that, Go on. It, it slipped away to the point I've like I completely forgotten about Can't, it. But yeah, it was, yeah. That that was like that had the biggest sense of FOMO, didn't it, at the time? Like, oh God, we're not on Clubhouse. We're going to miss out. And you did a room with someone. You were like in a room for ages that you you felt like guilted into. You felt <laughs> like you should stay. Speaking of uh, TikTok, I need to go get my car. <laughs> cool. <laughs> well, that was lovely. Five ways, or five things that you should not do, have, or be <laughs> if you want to start in an online with <laughs> to start an online fitness business. Speak to you very soon. Very soon. Want to learn more about the systems we use to run, build, and scale propanefitness.com? Head over to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast and you can get your hands on our free training that covers the seven steps that we take with every client that we help build their own online business and also the seven steps that we use to successfully build Propane Fitness. We walk through the sales systems, the delivery systems, follow-up, remarketing, how to basically build your program so that it delivers coaching to your clients without you being there 24-7. We really do cover the full thing, right? And if you want to continue even further and potentially work with us, there's a chance to book in a call to have an informal chat with Yusuf or I to just basically see if any of our programs would be a fit to help you get from where you are to where you want to get to. So go to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast today and get access to that. If you'd like to learn just more about Yusuf and I, more about us, what we do, follow us on the various channels, the best place to go is our YouTube channel. We have a load of stuff from fitness content, productivity content, why Yusuf slept on the floor for several months, why he's been having cold showers. There's always stuff on there that's entertaining and hopefully informative. So just go to YouTube, search for Propane Fitness, and you can find out a bit more about us there as well. Speak to you on the next episode.